0: We are paradox, right? I'm living, I know where my food is, where my car is, where everything by a text message, but I can't get certain information. I need to help my patient at that point. So we bridged a lot of those gaps in saying, we do this engagement model for doctors. And now we are working similarly on the patient side. But as the care has grown, the diseases like which pharma companies are solving problem is tremendous like some of the rare diseases, the complicated, the oncology, the cancers. So those treatments are very complicated, the drugs are very complicated, and there needs to be a clear line of communication, bridging that gap. Doctor needs to speak with somebody like who's a medical science liaison, who's an expert in that drug. They need to get to them instantly, quickly, whatever, right? So helping bridge those holes has helped us tremendously in reinventing this.
1: Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with errors in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Joto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Today, we're joined by the CEO and founder of a leading tech solutions provider for the pharmaceutical and life sciences industries. We're talking to him today because he's on a mission to transform these industries using AI and IoT streamlining operations and improving clinical outcomes. Featured in publications like Forbes and CIO Review, our guest brings over 20 years of tech experience and a degree in mechanical engineering. His innovation in an AI powered platform is changing the game for pharmaceutical sales reps and healthcare professionals join us as we explore the future of healthcare and technology, please welcome Anupam Nandwana, CEO and founder of P360. Hello,
0: KJ. Great to be here. Thank you so much for this time. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
1: Yes, I am totally looking forward to this. You know, we don't hear a lot about game-changing solutions for pharmaceutical sales. (laughs) <laughs> we don't really see that. We're starting to see little incipient stages of it, but I'm so interested in hearing about this. But before we get going, I'd really like to you to tell our listeners, you know, what are your fundamental ingredients for disruptive innovation?
0: Right. Thank you, KJ. And I love that topic because a lot of times when we go on a podcast or we're talking, we are so specific a subject. This I love this part of the story because everybody when we try to Park on this journey, you're trying to do something disruptive. And disruptive comes in a definitive different sense. And one of the things uh, my co founder Ed and I, we decided we had so much pharma commercial business knowledge. It's a very complicated industry, it's heavily regulated, rightfully. So it impacts everybody's right. life. And uh, the business processes are complex. And what do you? might think obvious in like the, let's say retail or manufacturing industry is not so obvious so you don't just get up you could be a brilliant technical person but you don't just get up one day and saying i'm going to be a pharma solution provider right because that's because true when you go to speak to your customer they expect certain level of like speaking their language if you say so right like what that you are starting at certain levels at even before you jump into technology so we had a lot of that, and we thought this needed to be transformed into where the holes are, where industry needs disruption, where the industry needs innovation. And what helped is with the evolution of the cloud and the AI over the last decade or so, and I think we are still pretty early stages of AI part of it, but from the cloud and the data perspective, large amount of work has been done to make the computing infrastructure better for the future. So that's one component. And the second component is why make it easy, right, when you're starting. (laughs) So we decided to bootstrap the company. And that was a major decision. And one of the things which we thought, like, if we are going to solve these challenges, we don't, we want to take our time. We want to do it in a right way. At the same time, if we're able to do it, I'm not saying the pressure is wrong, but like when investor puts money on you and rightfully they expect the returns and there are timelines and it's sometimes technical timeline doesn't align with the business. And there's a time for everything, right? So when you scale the business, there's a need for capital, you can, but we have been successfully able to bootstrap the company. So that helped us uh, significantly. We brought the solution. and. The last component I will add, which is not directly, impact, we are about 10 years into a remote-only company. So, like a lot of these companies, uh, a lot of companies have gone remote-only and some of them gone hybrid schedule back. But we thought that gave us such a competitive advantage because it flattened the resource and the talent. We are based out of New Jersey, but we have talent all over the world. We have people working all parts of U.S., Europe, and India. So. When we combined all those three things, I thought there were a lot of components we brought in and let's say had on this journey. So, does it make
1: Yeah, you know, I actually love that. I was looking at all of these. You know, my skill set is being able to, to look at the similarities or differences in certain ideas. And I'm looking at this, you know, you have niche knowledge, right? That is something that's really been right. a, a disruptive innovation for you. You made sure you bootstrapped. You know, it takes time to have a niche knowledge. It takes time to bootstrap, right? And, you know, you were like remoting like years before it was cool. And all of those have like a very, a a time aspect to it. And I think timing is critical for innovators. And you've actually sort of done the reverse. You've accelerated by being very mindful of your timing, right, not the timing of investors, right, and capitalize yeah. on that. I think it's brilliant.
0: In, I, I have no complaints against or no nothing negative to say about the investor timing. That's how the world works. It's just we sensed, in a sense, because these are hard problems, right? If it was like proverbial, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Kind of. It's that's not the point. Point is, some of these business processes have been. There for years, you have to educate your customer okay, what we could do better. You have to bring in the insurance policies, they might be set in the way that's how we have always done it. And that's how, so when you put all those things, you need time as a capital, if you call it. Yeah,
1: great. Plus, when you're in a highly regulated industry, you're sort of at the mercy of those regulations and that slow moving boat.
0: Right, And some of the uh, companies we work with, they are so big, they are operating in 80, 100 countries. They are like any institution, right? And sales cycles could take like six, nine, 10 months. So like having all those things, you need to be able to balance out where you can run the business, innovate, and at the same time meet the needs.
1: Yes, yes. You know, and I just have to give you kudos for being a remote business for 10 years. We went remote eight years ago. Before it was cool. And, you know, we also were able to hire from U.S., India, Latin America, Europe. It does give us a competitive edge, but I do remember back then how it seemed uncool.
0: We had to do
1: a whole PR campaign around that, right? Right. But that is pioneers,
0: right? And I will will give you an anecdotal evidence of this, what you just said, 100% aligned with it. Like a lot of time. Society is the way the society is, right? And you know, like young women have families, they have young children, and then it becomes very complicated. And we hear stories of all the time, I gave up my job for a few years, so I just couldn't balance out. Like, I get most pride out of like, okay, I'm able to bring in this talent in the company and give them a safe space where my employees are thriving in the professional life and personal life. To me, yes. it's very important, right? Like in the success, the, your companies, we are what our people bring to the market, right? They're a the face of the company. They drive the company. So making their life easy, it should be the first thing you do, right? And a lot of time, people, like 10 years, I'm sure you heard the same thing when you did. Okay, How do you know your employees are productive? How they are doing what they did. Yes. I think you have to build the trust. It's as simple as that. If you don't trust your employees, either you're hiring wrong employees or... That's not for you. Like we have to trust people to do what's right.
1: I agree. That's and, the only know, way
0: you can do it. Yeah. They also
1: like to be measured. They also, you know, there's ways you can measure production and still let them get on with it.
0: Exactly right, and yeah, I mean, you can't really hide if somebody is not being productive or not. No, if being, they're
1: not doing their job, it doesn't matter where it, they. Are. You can. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you could be sitting in the middle of Manhattan and not do that, and still be there. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's <so true. laughs>
1: It's so true. Well, let's get into the world of pharma sales and let's really talk about the status quo of what of how it's been right so long and what's not been optimum about it.
0: So if you think about typical pharma sales, and I'm sure everybody when they are in doctor's office waiting, you see the people come in. They are so their pharma companies obviously they have a motivation to promote their drug, gain the sales and all that. But there is an important component of this is clinical education, patient information, all this information which is going to the doctors from the pharma company, which helps eventually getting a better care for the patient. And traditional model is, and to an extent, it's still one out of two pharma companies operate to rely heavily on sending people to the offices. But as the patient population has grown we have heard about all the doctor burnout issues and the hcps are overworked their access has been curtailed very frequently so what happens is doctors are trying to make a choice between whether i spend this 30 minutes per week on a pharma rep communication which is important but i also need to take care of patients and Even before pandemic, one out of two doctors said, we can't give you access. And there were a variety of reasons. Either doctors didn't prefer it, or they were owned by this large hospital systems or whoever, and then they were working under the specific guidance. So the access was a challenge. And also, uh, we we have grown into this environment where smartphones, video engagement, it's pretty natural. It's, It's nothing new. So doctors are living that life in the traditional way, right? But then they go to work and saying, okay, if I can't do it, So now it's a weird paradox, right? I, I'm living, I know where my food is, where my car is, where everything by a text message, but I can't get certain information. I need to help my patient at that point. So we bridged a lot of those gaps in saying, we do this engagement model for doctors. And now we are working the similarly on the patient side, but... As the care has grown, the diseases like which pharma companies are solving problem is tremendous, Uh, like some of the rare diseases, the complicated, the oncology, the cancers. So those treatments are very complicated. The Drugs are very complicated. And there needs to be a clear line of communication bridging that gap. Doctor needs to speak with somebody like who's a medical science liaison, who's an expert in that drug. They need to get to them instantly, quickly, whatever, right? So helping bridge those holes has helped us tremendously in reinventing this.
1: What's been the ramifications of not being able to get that quickly or not seeing the pharma sales reps, you know, for physicians and so forth? Like, I understand the time factor, but, you know, has it gone all the way into, I mean, obviously that affects patient care, but... Missteps by physicians, you know, potential lawsuits, like, you know, the ramifications of that. How, because how you, that yeah,
0: you could be a disadvantage in the sense you don't know what your peers are doing. You don't know what the innovation it's coming up, what like typical questions, like if I need a safety information, I need to see if certain drugs work with if patients on a drug A. And if I prescribe her a drug B, how the patient's going to uh, react to it. then there are also typical operational challenges some drugs require prior authorization from insurance companies am i going to be and a patient's going to be able to afford it it is this going to go through it so doctors are involved in a lot more than just meeting you in person right they are responsible for paperwork they're responsible for all this documentation so if you add up all this they are overburdened and then its natural response is, okay, I can't do this anymore, so I'm not going to do it. But at the same time, if we can provide this support and make the engagement easier, they're much more willing to give you that time and response you need. Like Mm -hmm. one of our key features of our platform is I will give you, it's doing text messaging. So it doesn't sound very fancy because you and I do this every day for everything we do. But pharma companies couldn't do it for the longest time because you need a, Complete oversight of what every text message says to that doctor. How do you say it, what are the disclosure, what the language, and all that. And they need a record keeping of all those messages. So if you just pick up your Verizon phone or AT&T phone and just say, send a text message that's sitting outside of the company's world, and pharma companies have no control of what somebody can say, and then you can get fined by FDA for some doing something inappropriate. You know, so Like bridging those kind of nuances and gaps helps pharma companies overcome that challenge. And that in return, you get more access, more engagement. They produce so much digital content. Like if you go to any drug website, there's so much content. But a lot lot of times the channel of distribution becomes a challenge. So making available.
1: So they're not only overburdened, but then it's overwhelming. And it makes the time factor even more important. And then there's a sea of data and they have to go pick out the the key drops that takes time, right? You know, I get the text messaging. I mean, that's another regulation and it seems so simple, but sometimes the most innovative is the most simple that we do. How does the text messaging help them? How does it reduce the time? What does it bring them that enables them to get what they need?
0: So let's take a typical sample workflow, right? So if you had gone to your doctor and doctor gives you some kind of sample drug and saying, try this, if it works, I'll write your prescription. So that sample was given to that doctor by a pharma company for distribution to patients. So if I am a doctor and I need more of those samples, I need to technically put a written request. So that's called a sample request form. So if I am you are a rep, you I can text you. Hey, KJ, I need some more samples of this. You can say, sure, doc. Here is the form. Click here. Sign it. So the doctor opens the form on her phone, taps it, signs it. It goes through the automation workflow. Samples get shipped to doctor's offices. Then you are required to sign another form saying, I received the box you shipped with the 10 packs of samples. Now that's another signature I need to send it to you. Now take... So you're getting this just three or four text messages interested Now take this outside. Either somebody has to come with a physical uh, iPad or something in your office, wait there to get your signature, or like send you an email. You have to log in in an account. So it's a simple thing. It's an efficiency thing. Or I can send you a text, a uh, video conferencing Like You have a clinical question. Hey, I need to talk to you something about your drug. Sure, here is a video link for our instant meeting. You pop on it you're not required to install anything you're not logging in you're trying not trying to figure out the password and you are in instant-,
1: instant video link
0: right, right. so uh, all of this thing it, like makes their life easier faster like and it's a natural conversation right you are not like emails have been great for last 3 decades but we all get enormous amount of emails are
1: a bit psychotic. There's no memory. You have to go find things. And if the only
0: way you could talk to your customer was via email, you're not talking very often.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so very true.
0: So we are trying we have fixed that problem and that has helped companies tremendously. We are investing like you hear a lot about AI and Chat GPT and the power bots and everything. But Life sciences companies are at disadvantage because they are heavily regulated. That data cannot just go in a public cloud and start becoming this because its one is one too many.
1: Right, so these large language models don't have this like protection in them from. There's what I no
0: protection. Mean. So we we have we are working on our own large language model. Uh, we just made an announcement last week. The beta version is out. How do you do get the technology advantage while keeping your data safe in your own environment?
1: That's huge news. Yeah, I don't know it, if people it, understand. We are very, we
0: are them very, them. We are very okay. excited about what we can do because what the way we are taking approach is they have large amount of approved content, which is approved by the compliance department, will take those and make easy for doctors to get those answers they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And and so what are some of the positive outcomes that have come about for clinicians and physicians from this particular like innovation and approach and communication. To me, it's like a a very innovative communication platform.
0: There are a lot of uh, positive outcomes. Like typically, if you take an email, the click-through rates are 8%, 10% versus oh. uh, and that on a good day. Let's I
1: mean, it. that is, yeah. I mean, you know, just in a particular marketing world, that's unheard yeah. of.
0: Right. But with our platform, you can get 60, 70 percent click through rate. So I'm not kidding because you are making the bite sizes assets available to Dr. Point in time in a mobile friendly way and that changes the whole game. And plus, like we are able to not only send the promotional material and everything. We are also helping with the logistical conversation. So now they're feeling like, okay, I didn't have to download an app because I think Gartner has made a statement by 2025, most customer service organization will replace it with a messaging platform. So our platform is a little bit futuristic from that perspective. You're getting in front of it. Like asking somebody to download an app for everything they do was great when We used to have, there is an app for that as a commercial, I think.
1: Yeah, when you have like thousands and thousands of apps, I particularly don't like it. And I will
0: give you an example, right? A typical doctor might end up seeing 10, 12, 14 pharma companies or medical device companies. And if I had to download an app for everything I do, it's like it's just not practical, right? So receiving a simple text message, no lift on their end, companies do everything, keeping everything compliant, secured, Protecting your data, data privacy, ability to scale it globally. Whether you are using messaging, because here in the US we use SMS and iMessage and all that, but rest of the world is on WhatsApp. Like if you look, anybody outside the US, they will be on WhatsApp.
1: Yes, yes, that's yeah. very true. And it seems to me like your sales reps would be more working more remote now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, so what we are trying to do is not replace. The sales rep, but at the same time optimize the resources. So, like if you But take... are they
1: really having to have such so many in person meetings, or is this helping them have even a better like quality of life and work production? Not having to? so
0: yeah, it's a combination of both, right? So reps are getting better quality time, also they're getting better engagement. So when they are making themselves available remotely, when they show up in doctor's office, they're getting quality time back. And yeah there is a lot of pressure on pharma reps there there was a time that territories used to be 200 doctors 180 doctors now they are close to 300 doctors so their workload has increased territory geographies have increased and bringing all this together it's a very challenging for them to right? mm-hmm. be able to available to the doctors who are prescribing your drug
1: yes yeah absolutely and you know it probably not only allows them to be more efficient but to handle a larger territory yep which I'm sure they like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also the, just like every other industry, the engagements becoming hybrid. So now this gives you on both sides, right? Like you can be in person, but at the same time, you are getting a platform which you can use for remote engagement.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And then have you had any clinicians or physicians talk about the quality of care that's improved by this?
0: Oh yeah. All the time. Like, simple things as like hey i'm out of copay cards my i have a patient here they need copay card can you send me can yeah sure yeah or i need to do a pharmacy locator i need a dosing guide whatever that may be so getting those information right back in and just click tap text it's like invaluable and so you brought up a huge point of, so we are not only supporting doctors. We are because if you go to a typical doctor's office, there is front office staff, there are nurses. There are our platform helps all of them communicate back to the farmer. So, mm. it, like, it's, so the burden's not just on the doctor. Yeah. Yes. And making everybody's life because there are other people in that office who is doing a lot of work.
1: Right right exactly exactly and then these text messages i mean do they have the ability to be like filed and sort and so forth in a repository because they would need that to go back we
0: we even go step further so like we have ai powered content moderation so what we can do is if there are certain words companies think it's inappropriate based on their medical approval to text or use it we can block that text message from even going like if you say this drug can be used in a pediatric patient, and if pediatric was not an approved uh, indication for this, we can block that message from even going out. So you, you as a company, are not getting in trouble. On a reverse, if somebody says, "I got rashes all over my body," and I, this, it's an adverse event, it's you are by law required to report it. There's a whole legal process to it. We can take those messages, flag it, and alert the people in the pharma company saying there's a message with this. So they are getting the value out of uh, the compliance side also.
1: That's great. And yeah. the forms that the doctors have to sign, I, I imagine those go in a repository too for them to yeah. be able to. So everything,
0: everything we do is connected to the workflows and the repository. Like all the data goes back into their existing systems. So we don't, disre- we don't tell them, okay, you have to take out this system and that system. Right. Our platform sits on the top. It leverages because if you see the current day and age, a lot of CRM and ERP system, they have become system of record, like, and the system of engagement has separated. So what we are specializing in the system of engagement and we'll feed the data back to wherever the data needs to go. Mm-hmm. And we have pre-built integrations into most of the major systems. Yeah.
1: Got it. And you've had incredible success with P360. What has been your successful actions that have enabled you to expand? Like you've taken your time, but you've expanded very well.
0: Thank you. So it's not very fancy, but all the basics, you do the basics, right? You need to solve the real customer problem. So your product has to do the heavy lifting. And after that, it's how you build your organizational culture so how you treat your people how much uh, how they're operating it's very easy when you are a founder-led company to get okay i'm the person i'm gonna drive this and if you are the only person saying and everybody else is saying yes you're not growing so giving everyone an opportunity and looking at the larger and i'm a big simon sinek fan and just the whole finite game versus the infinite game. Like I'm sure everybody in your audience has probably heard him speak. Yes. And when you're playing an infinite game, like the decisions get easier for you, right? You need to be contacts. Uh, very important how you address your customers. Customers needs are taken. But it also comes from having that in-house culture where you value those things and not value the small So, like, I feel like a lot of our success is driven by how our company culture has grown over, we are about 250 now from two people and we are blessed, like, and every next generation of people who come in, they look at the company culture and saying, this is what I want to do. I want to, how I want to fit in and providing that work-life balance. For example, last, we are one of the, like, just like how we did 10 years ago with the remote working. We announced a flexible work schedule last month. We are giving people an opportunity. You can work eight hours, five days. You can work nine hours and take every other Friday off, or you can work 10 hours, four days, and take Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So investing into the core of the business is what drives the success.
1: Yes. Simple, simple truths, but again... Simple is probably the most... Innovative. Keeping it
0: simple is very hard. Like
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. It's is very hard. It's true. And, you know, I'm very s- curious about the significance of the name of the company, PC360. I'm
0: glad you asked that. So we started with a brand name Prescriber360. Mm-hmm. Prescriber means an NCP doctor. And mm-hmm. our customers and everybody else started informally calling us P360, but it was pretty long, Prescriber360. So and uh several years ago we hired a marketing agency and they said i think we are it's best for you to rebrand as a p360 and we jumped on that as an opportunity and that has helped us tremendously and the industry we play in everything starts with the pharma payers patients uh, everything well, so there you go and it's a yeah. 360
1: solution so it hits all of them and we, we <laughs> were lucky,
0: yeah we were lucky enough to acquire p360 dot com domain because it was owned by somebody who valued it quite a bit and we had a good long conversation and we were able to acquire this so that helped us from the marketing perspective well
1: that that was no small feat well done on that yes
0: yes thank you
1: yes you're very welcome so i want to ask totally something personal right like you've been growing you know p360 but what are what are your crazy passions or what do you do outside of the work or what do you do to decompress or you know is it even keel or are you a rock climber like
0: so again keeping very simple so uh, avid reader I love reading uh avid walker like so the thought process flows in and the la- I do calligraphy by hobby so I, that's you do calligraphy,
1: my hobby. Like what? Right. Like what? So, like stationary? Like what do you do calligraphy on?
0: Like just a typical. Like I have several fonts which I have perfected over the I'm not professionally trained, so I don't write wedding invitations or something. But like I just practice and do that for fun. So that's my hobby.
1: That <laughs> yeah. is it's beautiful.
0: a hobby in hobby in most purest form, right? So yeah. But I, I get a lot of joy out of that, like, yeah.
1: I absolutely love that. It's a very aesthetic form of writing. It's actually really beautiful.
0: So I was, like, growing up, I mean, I, I was blessed with a good handwriting. And as I kept doing this, uh, I, I was born in India. Uh, I grew up there. So in those days, like, and I'm aging myself, you had, if you were to do something, you weren't just going to go Google it. So I would go buy <laughs> There was no Google, right? So So I would go buy those phone sheets and I collected like a whole bunch of them. And then I just kept one on left and kept practicing and practicing. I didn't have a calligraphy pens. I just took real ball pens and then that became. So then over the years I bought my pens, like done. So that's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you get like really fancy and fun calligraphy pens for Christmas and birthdays?
0: actually multiple times my team members have gifted (laughs) me the calligraphy pens.
1: that's amazing i love that i absolutely love it
0: it's funny that you say that because we are on a virtual background i would have shown you there's one sitting right behind
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see that you probably have a condo of like a a little a pen condo of your calligraphy pens right (laughs) Right.
0: absolutely yeah but but you you have to have a ways to decompress but i also like reading a lot of non-fiction inspirational stories the biography is like yeah yes you, yeah, you yeah. always get to learn from people and their experiences and things like that I will tell you and I I don't get any I don't get any assent out of this but like for example shoe dog uh the biography of Phil Knight, it's mind-blowing like you read that book it's like one of the best biographies
1: right? really yeah oh
0: wow.
1: great recommendation for us. <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, so Anupam, how do people get a hold of you?
0: So best way to find us on p360.com. Uh, I'm also on all the LinkedIn channels. And the way my name is Anupam Nandwana, it's very easy to find uh, one Anupam Nandwana. <laughs> so uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere. So we are on all the social media channels as well. That's but
1: great. And I will say you are very gracious and accessible on LinkedIn. That's how. Is that how we met or we met through Debra? Right, we
0: met through Deborah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, but we are also connected on LinkedIn. So great. And then before we end off today, and thank you very much for enlightening. Thank you so much. This us. was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. I really loved being enlightened about this. I think this really is going to help clinical outcomes, physicians who are way overburdened, right? And just improving communication improves life,
0: right? Yeah. There are a lot of people in the world who need help. So whatever we can do to move the ball forward, we do our little part. Yeah.
1: I agree with you. And that's really why I love disruptors, because they do have a purpose to help so many people make their lives better. Thank you. Yes. And before we end off today, what would you like to, you know, leave our listeners with like food for thought?
0: I'm sure a lot of people might have heard it. Don't worry about small problems. And they are all small. When you do, don't give up on your passion. If you want to be a disruptor in whatever sense and I don't think disruption only means like starting a business or doing you can be very disruptive in a lot of things in your way of doing it's hard but joy you get out of getting to the next step the next step it's a lot of fun and a lot of satisfaction you get out of it so never ever give up keep it up Uh, I mean I, I only thing I can say is there will be days you will be down on you don't quit on your bad day but Just keep going at it. You will find the success.
1: That's beautiful. Very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today, go tell someone about this podcast and tell people to go disrupt their markets or their lives with a tidbit from this show. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal health care or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.